Greetings and thanks for tuning in. Today I am broadcasting a conversation between Chinupa Hanska Luger and Sterling Harjo. Chinupa is a multidisciplinary artist who creates monumental and situational installations and performance, often initiating social collaboration. Chinupa's from the Standing Rock Reservation in North Dakota, and he's an enrolled member of the three affiliated tribes of Fort Berthold, and is Mandan Hadatsa, Arikara, and Lakota. Chinupa's my partner, and we have coexisted for about 14 years, collaborating on art, sound, home, and babies. Uh, Chinupa's my best friend, and I love him. Um, Sterling is one of my closest male friends and he's kind of a sensitive guy who always shows up for his crew and has always been there for me and my family. He's also an award-winning Seminole Creek filmmaker who has directed three feature films and a feature documentary, all of which address the contemporary Native American lived experience. Um, what else about Sterling? He is a founding member of the five-member Native American comedy group, the 1491s, and Sterling's television show, created in collaboration with Taika Waititi, Reservation Dogs, airs August 9th on FX. So this conversation is a reflector of that show, and I hope you enjoy this little pre-party before you get to see the premiere of Reservation Dogs on August 9th. Both of these people, Sterling and Chinupa, are extremely brilliant and hilarious, and I love the conversations they have. It's kind of a thing. <laughs> also, check out Sterling's podcast, The Cuts, where this conversation and others with the creative team from Reservation Dogs will be airing. Um, and his archive is thick, including an interview he did with his collaborator Taika Waititi from several years back. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. It's candid, it's beautiful, it's hilarious, and there's some rich content. The way that they talk in conversation is, um, it reminds me of like car talk, um, but for like indigenous art. So <laughs> that's my takeaway from it. It's hilarious and there's a lot of information and um, a lot of reflection in it. So enjoy the show. What up? What up, Sterling? But, uh, hold on, I'm gonna also trick from, uh, I learned a trick from Bobby Wilson, the one and only. Oh, yeah, what the fuck is that? What the fuck? My finder window was covering the top of your hat, so I didn't see how big it was. Let's just have it all hat. What up, Sterling? <laughs> oh, no. Let me just do the audio. Am I supposed to ask? I, I gotta ask Ginger something. She said I'm supposed to record, but it's already recording. It's already recording. Hey, so this is already recording, and I didn't click record. Am I good? Or. Oh, okay. Okay, she she did it. Yeah, she she's recording. Okay, cool. Well, I'll do a backup audio link too. Cool. All right. Okay. All right. Thanks. I'll try to have fun with it. Right, What's up, brother? That is a tall hat. It's a very tall hat. Come on, man. You gotta represent. You're in Santa Fe. You have to have a tall hat. 
Yeah, that one's too tall. <laughs> too tall. So, uh, like eight feet tall with that fucking hat on. Instead of instead <laughs> of late night uh, uh, musings with Chinupa, this is um, coffee and a cigarette with Chinupa. So instead of whiskey and cigars. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Good, man. It's crazy. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, the show hasn't come out, but like the buzz is pretty big and whole press thing's been pretty crazy. Um, I'm just not used to that. Like, that's not why I make movies is to like talk to journalists and, you know, uh, that's a side of the business that like, I've never had to deal with that much, but like now I'm having to deal with it more, but also the premiere dress up for a premiere thing, like most uncomfortable thing for me, you know? Uh, yeah. That's, like, that's you know, the show. Make, yeah. I do it to make the stuff, you know? Um, and so that's a whole other side of it. Well, that's where you fucked up, dude. You do it to get dressed up. Like <laughs> so many people do this stuff to get dressed up and wear tall hats that's that's why you're yeah. you're confused you still have your heart in the making of art yeah. um you ain't making you ain't making art anymore dude Parts this is entertainment <laughs> exactly fucking no. entertainment dude, that's what's crazy is like um you know when i made this i just treated it like one of my independent films mm-hmm. my friends were on the crew you know but then we had like 150 other people come on board as well <clears throat> And I think at first people weren't used to that, like, because, you know, it was just like a family and like everyone had to, everyone was kind of like, you know, like there was no, like, there's not a lot of hierarchy and like, we just kind of are making something. And it's like me and my friends and the people that I've worked with a lot, like we just are standing around going like, isn't this amazing? Like we get to do this. Like, I mean, like so many of us were just like, we get to fucking do this, man. And I think that, uh, it, you know, like the people out in LA and stuff are so used to it being kind of this entertainment sort of uh, meat grinder, you know? Yeah. Like this factory meat grinder, just like churning them out, you know? That it's hard for people sometimes to step back and go, like, oh, we're fucking doing this, man. And, you know, and like, yeah. But like, I think being well, around, dude, they got us, there. Used to, yeah. Yeah. They're used, they're used to how the sausage gets made, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they show up in Oklahoma. And all the fucking beef shanks and fucking organ meats are having a good ass time. They're like, this is fucking amazing. (laughs) (laughs) The beef shanks. Dude, you have a, uh, I'm jealous of your mullet right now, man. That's like, uh, that's a real one, bro. It's fucking majestic. How did long that take? I'm gonna have to join you. Um, How long did it take? Well, because you and I used to have the same haircut. Remember that one time? It was like all of a sudden we ran into each other. We had the same haircut. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, the the honest answer is my entire life led up to this moment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I used to have my haircut when I was young, by the way. Uh, yeah, like most of my hair life. I think that's that's the funny thing is I keep coming across these old photos of me and and um, there's a substantial amount of my life that I had uh, mullets. That's yeah, like uh, more of my life was mullet than not. I even had <laughs> I even had the perm mullet. My mom was a hairdresser, uh, so like I, I had the top shaved, right? The top was sure not shaved, but it was short. The top was short, and then the the back was a mullet but permed. 
like tight. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah, I uh, I keep threatening that one on on Ginger. Dude, that would be amazing, dude. If you showed up, <laughs> I mean, legend shit right there. Are you talking about yeah. future, future indigenous like indigenous futurism? Like that's it, dude. Totally, totally. Yeah. It's perms, perms yeah. all day. We found a vat of fucking hair uh <laughs> poison and we we went for it we built yeah. an entire culture around ever tell you about my you know so my mom was a hairdresser and uh she used to do all kinds of crazy shit and you know i was a big michael jackson fan at one point and i had like perm and then like uh that's where that's where the uh perm comes in right yeah yeah, yeah for sure and then she um she sprayed sun in my hair it was like a new product and it was this thing that was supposed to like kind of give you highlights and dude, it turned my hair fucking orange. There's photos of me for a couple of years. An orange perm. Like, it's insane. Like, mom, why would you fucking do that to me, dude? Yeah, because I'm your mom. And you're yeah, like, exactly. and I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. so, like, I used to have the, uh, you know, the Boz, Brian Bosworth haircut. I used to have that, like stripes in my hair. And like, I was on the channel, like, nine news one time because i was waiting on the ou football team to come home from the their championship loss they were all in a bad mood i didn't know they were gonna lose they were all in a bad mood so none of them came through the gate you know so like i was just but they have a i was on the news with my brian bosworth striped haircut i when i was getting my haircut i mentioned brian bosworth and um nobody knew that who the hell i was talking wow. about That's i was like crazy. the boss no the boss the boss he like no. started like sports marketing, you know. <laughs> yeah, like he's the first. Yeah. Yeah, How have yeah. you been? How have you been? I've been good, man. I've been busy, busy, busy. Like just fucking busy, man. Um, Working at home a lot, traveling a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were on the road for. Yeah. I mean, we left March and uh, March thirtieth, and we were on the road basically until June thirtieth. Yeah. Um, roughly, I think we got back the 25th. Uh, we were home for like 10 days in between there, but the whole family on the road, two dogs for the second half of it. Um, so it was nuts, but it was nice, you know, got to go back home, spent some time up in Montana. Um, oh, man, I love Montana. So it was nice kind of being around. So you were back in home. like standing around area back home? Yeah. We went back up there, had our branding and then had our, um, our Okipa ceremony. So there was like, it was it was really it was a nice kind of trip, but I get back here and I've got like um, I got two regalia pieces I need to build. I have four uh, costumes for me and the me and Ginger and the boys for a project we're doing in New York. So I'm just trying to stay on top of it. Upstairs is like nuts. Actually, my whole studio is a hot mess right now. Um, Where is this now? In terms, because I, I didn't see this studio. I saw your little side piece studio. It was like on the side of like a little bitty room on the side of the house. Yeah. That's, that, this is new, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, um, my old studio is now the boys bedroom. So um, before we converted that, uh, we bought a tough shed from like fucking oh, Home yeah. Depot. And um, they, uh, it was like, I think the last one of these that they were going to build because it's um it's huge it's a two-story building and it was all oh. prefab so we just oh. had them come down and and put it up and then uh ginger and my mom like insulated it while i was away traveling and then i came back and put up all of like finished the insulation yeah. and then put up all of the uh particle board 
yeah. all the OSB on the on the walls. They they fra- they put up the frame. Uh, the company did. That's yeah. what I mean. The company put yeah. up the frame. And, wow, that's cool. Yeah, so it's like eighteen by twenty, two story, yeah. which is you know, you saw my old studio. This is like four times as big, so yeah. it's nice. But crazy, right? I mean, we went through this pandemic, and we just like luckily kept working. Like, I remember you and I talked early on and it was like kind of the more scarier times of like, don't know what's going to happen, but pretty sure Indians can't get it. Remember when we, yeah, we like, yeah, so, no yeah. shit. We made, yeah. we made that statement on the fucking yeah. internet no shit. Um, and that wasn't true. Fuck yeah. That. I don't know. I don't know if it's, I, I feel like it's like scarier now Yeah, <laughs> in all yeah. honesty, because everybody's like done fucking being careful yeah yeah and uh and it's super weird in that in that sense you know um especially like i can see it i i like like i'm more on the long you know and i'm not like a anti-masker like i I need to pull my mask out and start wearing it again i just am so i was so celebrating the fact that we could go out and it was like everyone was vaccinated but then you realize no one was that like not you, then you realize not everyone was vaccinated once this <laughs> shit starts coming out and you know so it's like but it's just like that switching back gears into this like you know like oh i gotta go back to when life was was unknown and weird and yeah uh i can see that that's hard for people to switch back into that you know because like we were fully open you know and like people were not there were no one no one was in the hospital and then all of a sudden we get a new variant what yeah well i mean that new variant aspect is probably going to be something that just keeps coming you know um it'll it'll continue to come because that's what i mean the flu is from from the fucking 19 1918 1913 whatever um so i'm just building cool masks i'll just have like yeah <laughs> yeah cool fucking mask yeah please send some <laughs> please send some yeah we were talking about uh me and bobby were doing a zoom the other day and we were talking about all the art that we have like you know it's like uh like micah like ryan singer there's a couple micah pieces here and then i was like oh and i also have a chinupa piece <laughs> <laughs> that is the chinupa piece yeah exactly yeah <laughs> A mold. That's a slip cast, by the way. That's a slip cast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Stars slip. and all, dude. Stars oh, and all. Easily slip on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like, you know, this is a fertility my fertility uh, uh, piece that I keep. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> better, better break that thing. Yeah, exactly. Just throw it. <laughs> Like the fires of Mordor. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! But I yeah, you know, you, like the press stuff has been like. Um, I mean, I'll tell you what. Like, I grew up poor, didn't have a lot, like a lot of us. Um, and then all of a sudden, I have this job. That's probably the strangest thing, you know. Like, I mean, I have a billboard on the strip. Of Vegas right now, giant says, and my name's up. Like what? Like I, like you know, I wondered if, as a child if something like that would happen. You know, like, but I never thought it would. But it's scary. Like that's a scary yeah. thing because, and even my mom called the other day, and she was like, 
it's crazy that billboard and you know and uh i was like i know it's kind of kind of weird and i was like kind of freaky and she's like yeah she's like it gives me butterflies and it's like i understand why because like you're afraid when someone gets that kind of like praise or, or or press or whatever there's always the thought of like i hope they can handle this you know like i hope they're okay you know <laughs> and i can you know like very much so because i'm so used to i'm so used to not trusting anything like like anything in my career that would happen good like it's like okay but this could all go away and it always does you know and it's like so I've I, I've been able to keep it in perspective, you know, where it's like I'm like right now I'm you know downtown Tulsa in my little house. Uh, there's a lot of people on drugs walking by my place in this specific area, and um, you know I had a fucking fruit fly problem. I've talked a lot about it on a lot of podcasts. <laughs> Thousands of fruit flies were in here. I would wake up every morning and it was just a carpet of dead fruit flies and so like it's easy to know it's easy to be humble when you have a fruit fly problem and also like i'm so separate from it like i'm in oklahoma like i'm not like just like like it feels like something else is happening out there that has nothing to do with me but the the fruit flies are a metaphor man they're a metaphor yeah yeah yeah. like please explain yeah yeah like there there can be thousands and then by the next morning they're all dead exactly (laughs) exactly <laughs> then a new one comes in <laughs> yeah um well here's the other thing too right like that billboard is not the end of it you right. know um it's either you know the crest of a mountain yeah. or it's a stepping stone for yeah. for further you know yeah um and I feel pretty con- the the I'm very excited about this film or this TV show coming out um, for you, but also yeah. for us, you yeah. know, just for yeah. us in general, because that um, there's something really there's something really honest in that that the entertainment industry um, is like yet to really kind of um, I don't know partake in you know so totally oh for sure and and that that makes me excited like love it or hate it there's honesty in it and that is so necessary and so um (laughs) it's been too goddamn long you know for for an honest representation of us you know there's been like that's that's also what's been safe that's what's been kind of like made me feel safe is I feel the same way of like, I don't care. Like, obviously I care, but like, if you hate it, if they hate it, I, I just show, like, like, if you hate it, that's okay. I just fucking cut my, I don't want to say that, but like that's rawness of like, that's the truth. And if you don't like it, I can't help you. But like, I feel okay. I feel good about it, you know? Like, and that's what matters is like, I feel good about this thing that I put out there and I can't control what people feel about it, but like, I know they'll at least feel that honesty in it, you know? And that's, I think that that's, you know, there, I mean, we had like this native writer's room, all the creators were native. And one thing that it did, which hats off to FX for doing this, but one thing that that created 
was no one, we, we had strength in those numbers of ourselves. Like if it would have been half white writers or whatever, we, there would have been a lot of people dancing and scared to go hard or to say certain things or truth. <laughs> maybe the audience won't like that. You know, maybe it's too like molecular, you know, or whatever, but no, like we were just like, no, go hard, go hard. Like, this is the real shit. You know, like this is our lives. And like the strength in those numbers of those storytellers, it just helped us do this thing. And it is an honest portrayal. And I think more than anything, I'm glad that native people get to see that, you know? Yeah. My little sister um, read for, for your, oh, really? for your thing. Yeah. Yeah. She, um, Why didn't uh, you tell me and I would have cast her off of just knowing, you know, <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, nepotism is yeah. a problem in Indian country. So I didn't want to flex on that. Yeah, I, yeah. I told her I did. <laughs> also a problem in our industry. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. But um, her and she was, you know, going over her lines uh, yeah. with my mom, and my mom fucking loved the writing. She yeah. loved it, awesome. you know. Um, and I think that that's really awesome because it touched um, that like generational gap as well, you know. Yeah, um, man. That's what I love about the show is like, and you'll see this. It's like. Um, it's about kids, but it's also about our aunts and uncles. You know, our aunties and our uncles are, are represented and they're represented by our aunties and uncles that are in this industry. You know, Casey Camp Horn, West Studio, Gary Farmer. You know, it's like these people that haven't had these opportunities to play these types of roles. All of a sudden they're in it, but they're doing it with this like younger generation. And it's created by our generation, you know, like yeah. our generation's creating it, but it's like for them and for, for the other two generations. And for me, that's like, the heart of the project is it's reflective of our native communities, right? Like I have all these questions. Like there was a, there was a uh, journalist or two that asked me like, like, why, you know, like uh, you have, you have like so much female representation in this show. And then like, uh, and I'm just like, of course, like that's reflective of our communities. Why would you not? <laughs> like there was this old boys club in this industry that, that kept women out and kept people out. But like, that's not how you make something good and truthful. Like you have to have that representation and that voice in there to help you tell those stories. That's how we do in our communities. There's gender roles. We, 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 we have a balance with each other. And that's the only way to tell a story like this, you know? And like that community aspect is what I brought into it and what I would like to change just from, from doing, from what I do and inspiring other people to do it like that. But like, you know, uh, one of the, the script supervisor um, told one of the directors, Tazba, she was like, um, you know, I haven't seen women treated so well on set before. And, yeah. and to, uh, you know, and like, she was like the native men on the set treat the women so well. She was like, it was your time of the month the other day. And they were like bringing you food and shit. And like, and it's just like, you know, like, yeah, like it's just how native <laughs> people are. It's like, we're in a community together. You know, we ain't got time to be freaked out about someone's period. Like we, all right, like you need help. We need you. Let's all pull together and tell the story together, you know? Um, and so to me, like, that's what I want to change. Even if it's just for my sets, that's what I like changing is bringing that community together and reflecting our indigenousness. But like, that's the show too, is a reflective of that, you know? Yeah. Well, and you can't, you can't, you can't gather any of that kind of uh, camaraderie, camaraderie or community without seeing it applied in real time you know what i'm saying like so if your set is emulating that then it's going to be 
presented in the film. And in doing so, you reinforce some of these kind of like primary uh, uh, cultural uh, customs, you know? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, like, you know, uh, you know, as you know, like throughout history, um, like native extras have always been treated badly. You know, they're like on a Western, they're having to sleep in fucking tents while, you know, all the stars are in a four, <laughs> you know, a fancy hotel and shit. They're not getting fed, like whatever. Like that's the history of this industry. And I, I've made a point on this show and other projects where like, I'm like, look, like the extras get treated like, uh, like everyone else. Like, cause I remember being on a set one time and the native extras were, um, sitting on like kind of all sitting around just kind of looking around as we were all going to eat and i grabbed the idea and i was like why aren't they eating or the second idea is like why aren't they eating it's like oh the, the the background eats after uh us i was like man it's fucked up so i like went like made a stink about it because i was like look man like natives are used to being treated like shit and we're also like you we need them to make this show like we need them to make this project it doesn't get made without them and you're doing the one thing that is offensive to native people, which is not telling them that they're invited to eat first. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, and, and so like, I just change things like that. Like on my set, they get to eat with us. They also can go to usually like crafty where they give food and coffee. They usually don't get to go there, but like, I'm like, no, they get to go whenever they want and get a fucking coffee, you know? And it's yeah. like little changes like that make a difference, man. You know, what's funny. Um, I just heard a story uh, while I was back home uh, from my aunt. And uh, <laughs> she was telling me about uh, one of one of her relatives, probably one of our relatives, I guess, um, who was on the set of Little Big Man. And um, they were extras, background cats. And it was for the the big battle between, um, I guess, like the the Little Bighorn battle oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that was in it um, or the, the symbol of that. And um, the director told all of the all these native guys you know these extras they're all dressed up in in their regalia riding bareback you know down yeah. the thing and he said i got an extra hundred dollars today for any of you who will fall off your horse when when you hear the the gun fire you know um for this initial kind of uh uh come in and you know these are just extras these are guys these aren't stunt men they're yeah. just fucking <laughs> just aunts and uncles yeah. you know uh kicking around so that scene is being filmed and they're they're charging at each other on on horseback and that one fucking gunshot goes off <sighs> fucking 25 guys fall off of their horse <laughs> that's like, amazing shit, get all beat up and the director is like cut 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 there was one shot there's no way he could have shot all 25 of you you know like like we gotta you gotta do it again we gotta do it again you know and um they all, they all got beat up by fucking falling dude. off their horses. So the next scene, the dude fires, nobody falls off. <laughs> They're just like looking around. Yeah, yeah. Missed. You missed. That's hilarious, man. I would love to make a film. About, like, I, at one point, I was making a film about like native extras or show. I wanted to make a show about native extras. Um, I'd still like to because of the shit that I've heard, the stories, like, like one time, um, a woman was supposed to be it's like she thought they were she thought everything was filmed in LA but they were shooting in New Mexico and they asked her if she could be there the next day and they gave her the the uh, they gave her the or they she had an address to like their offices but they're shooting in New Mexico she literally shows up to shoot in LA 
And they're like, what? You're in LA? She drove out there, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then, like, man, I have there's one story. 47th in Los yeah, Angeles. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and what's crazy is, like, uh, there was one story I was told by Casey Camp's son, actually, at um, uh, Micasee. And he was like, uh, telling this story one time that they were extras on the Battle of Little Bighorn on some set. I don't know what it was for, but like, uh, they were all the Lakota warriors, you know, they're like standing there and like, and they like, they had one guy that was kind of the native kind of overseer of the, of the native extras. And so he was there kind of the liaison or, you know, between the whites or whatever. And they're, they're about to shoot this scene. And um, they're like, man, they fucking, the word starts spreading. And they're like, man, the dude playing Custer is actually his grandson. Uh-huh. Like, what the fuck? Like, what? Yeah, like, we're all fucking getting jacked you know like and i'm talking to, he's like we're about to shoot this like scenes with him and like i was telling him i was like man we're gonna do something like we gotta do something man we can't fucking just like custer's grandson just go around like normal like what are we doing and like uh i'm, like, I'm fucking counting cool on his ass man we gotta do something <laughs> so, so the other guy's trying to calm him down and shit and like but like we're gonna fucking do something you know like and they all like have to act dead it's like the end of a battle and so they're all like dead and they're, and Custer and the cavalry are walking through checking for goods or whatever, like pillaging. And um, this guy, uh, he's just like in my head, I was like, man, fuck this shit, man. Like, fuck this shit. It's like Custer's coming up. So I fucking jumped up, fucking war cry, hit him with a stick across his head, <laughs> and a brawl breaks out. Everybody's just like going, like all the Indians are war crying, just fucking going. <laughs> and, uh, and the, like you know the 80s and you know, the production's like breaking it up and like they send all the indians like way over on this other hill while they're like dealing with the cavalry and like the the guy from the uh the liaison is like man you're gonna fucking get me fired man what the fuck are y'all doing you know and like man fuck that shit it's fucking custer's grandson man and so <laughs> at one point um so then the guy leaves and then they're all sitting there just like fuck like we're gonna get this dude fired like damn but it was worth it you know and then all of a sudden they're like somebody's like look and the cavalry, uh, uh, Custer and the cavalry are walking towards them. And they all get up and he's like, all right, boys, here it goes. Y'all ready? Like, we're going to fuck, it's going down, you know? Like, y'all get ready. And so we're all ready to go. And the cavalry walks up with Custer in the lead. And uh, Custer grandson looks at him and just sticks out his hand. And he, looks at him, and he shakes his head. And they all sit down and smoke a joint together. <laughs> Oh my god! So good, so good. Oh, that beautiful. shit is crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. It's funny because that um, it's perpetuating that whole narrative, right? Yeah. Like over and over, and that's kind of what Hollywood has been doing. Like our history in relationship to the United States um, was one thing until Hollywood got involved and then it became something else, you know, and that something else is pretty much what everyone visualizes, even when they're going through the history books in school and stuff, you know? Um, And that's, that's, it's what I visualize. It's what I've, I've visualized that for years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Me too. My version of who we were was a Hollywood version for a long time until I started looking around and really going like, all right, wait, like this is my community right here. And this is what reality is, you know? And I remember like watching the Seminole Wars with my dad, you know, 
on TV, like, hell yeah, Seminoles on represent. It's all Lakota. They're like speaking Cheyenne. They're all Lakota. And like, yeah, you know, just giant headdresses and stuff. But we didn't care. It was like, dope, whatever. They got that wrong, but we're still representing us, you know? And so yeah. now it's like, I, I, I feel like I got the opportunity to make the show that I would have wanted to see as a kid to go like, this is where you're from. This is who you are, you know? And look, like, I, you know, we all deal with this shit. It's like, uh, you know, I for, you forget. And like, all of a sudden your kids are watching Peter Pan. And then all of a sudden <laughs> you're the bad guys. And you're like, whoa, whoa, what? And like, you know, I have to talk to him about it. Like, I know this is how it was represented. And so then like the other day they had Peter Pan on, which I don't let them watch anymore, but like they had it on and, um, my son would stop and go, oh, uh, this is bad. We should rewind, Dad, which means fast forward. He just wanted me to fast forward past the Indian stuff, you know? And so finally I was like, look, man, we're not going to watch it anymore. Like, because, you know, it's just confusing for a kid that's like going through this self-realization that he's like, oh, you know, like like he'll look at, um, this is a, from the set. This is from Dallas's character, Spirit. And we did this like poster, Spirit Anatomy. It's like, you know, like, <laughs> fire never in fire's heart and like the anatomy of a spirit you know the uh peyote button uh head like, his eyes but like my son he's got a dream catcher belly button yeah fucking amazing yeah and my son will come up to it my son the other day was like looking at that he's really interested he's like he's like oh he's like we have feathers indians have feathers like on our in our arms like yeah you know and like but like he'll be over there like looking at it by himself going uh hoy you'll which is like our our stomp net songs he's like singing stomp net songs while looking at this thing and like so he's in this moment of like really realizing what natives are and like being reflective on himself and like being proud of it and he also says like everyone's native like everyone's an indian you know like he'll say that a lot like like and uh uh but then you get peter pan in there to like confuse it you know and it's like just trying to deal with that and navigate that stuff you know it's interesting so yeah. like the show, it feels like making it for those kids that like get to finally see themselves like in a real way, you know? Yeah, dude, I would love to see Peter Pan as like, uh, 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 I mean, it's honestly a because I went deep into Peter Pan for a minute <laughs> and uh, I was like, dude, this is a story about colonizing the United States. Like, this is exactly what that story is, you know? Oh, yeah. And um, and I was like, yeah, all of the white people are like the lost boys, you know? They're like literally lost boys, you know, um, <laughs> that are a part of this place. And, and, uh, and then there's like pirates, you know? Like the whole thing was just like such a perfect analog for this like... Uh, 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 doctrine of discovery you know yeah. um that i was like dude somebody needs to make peter pan like that you know yeah. just, just like the delusion of some fucking colonial uh totally. effort you know yeah. um but yeah all, all of that stuff is it's fascinating it's like yeah you could put effort towards that you can you can you can spend your time like um unpacking our history unpacking the u.s's history through film through Damn. storytelling through myth like this country is is it celebrates a myth and it, and it, it doesn't acknowledge the fact that it's a myth you know it's like wow. no no this is this is our story you know yeah. um uh and then simultaneously demonizes any other culture that has like myth in its in its cosmology um and acknowledges that myth as like 
the fact. This is the yeah. truth. This is the creation story, you know, um, without, I don't know, there's, there's problems in all of that. So we can unpack all of that shit and we can talk about all of that. Um, but or I like, I like, I like questioning whether or not it's worth the effort, you know, yeah. but for who, who do you unpack that for? You it's know, for you white people. it's for non-natives. Exactly. And, and I think it's more interesting to actually create a narrative that um, allows all of us to experience our, our history and our myth-making simultaneous, you know, That's where what it's I like, love about this doing the show is like, I don't, it's not pandering to anyone. It's not slowing anything down for anyone. It's just like dropping you in the middle of it. And there's certain little things structurally that I think are there to welcome non-natives in because they're so used to not laughing when it comes to native stuff that there's certain little mechanisms that I remind them of, uh, like where I'll remind them of like, it's like Dallas's character. I feel like I can talk about this. Like, like Dallas's character is kind of a bit of a stereotype, but it's also, it's also uh, letting them be familiar with something that they're very used to seeing you know, but also showing the realities and the truths of that type of stereotype and that character. So it's like all these things that I feel like kind of help welcome the non-native audience in, but I'm not pandering. It's like, you still have to catch up and you're still just on this journey with us. And I think that the audiences respond really well to that because they don't, I think audiences really don't like being pandered to and they don't like history lessons to catch us up or whatever. So like yeah. we do a show where we just like hit the ground running. It's like, catch up, man. Like these are, this is a world and you're left behind if you're not catching up, you know, that's, that's been a really cool thing about this project. Yeah, no, that's cool. I, I'm, I am excited about that. And I think that intergenerational aspect that we spoke of earlier is yeah. a really important um, uh, uh, nod to our, existing communities to our survived relatives and ancestors you know what i'm saying to our to our and to our, to our next generation like um it's nice not to have to uh like decode the seminal wars in order to feel pr pride in your nativeness in the context of a popular culture you know yeah, exactly um yeah i don't know man it's um it, it feels like the you know and, and I mean, obviously, like I look at, you know, like thinking of the 1491s, like the 1491s, um, it feels like a 1491s on steroids a little bit, like a big aspect of this is the 1491s as well. But like, um, it also feels like the 1491s had to be more molecular and, and pointed because we were just trying to make native people laugh. And slowly we got a non-native audience to come along as well, but that's not what we were trying to do. Um, so there were certain things that were very, just to kind of like inside baseball about 1491s, mm -hmm. but we had to do that. I think like we had to do that to figure this language out that we're using now to speak to a broader audience, but still hold the truth of our communities and, and, and our indigenous ways you know but like we had to kind of go through those like because we bombed in front of non-native so many times like a live show like they did not want to laugh and so we figured out how to make them laugh and how to make them okay with laughing at native stuff you know um like one of the worst things i ever did was i went to a we, we had a show at a uh, um uh an art museum and i won't mention it because i've mentioned it too many times they probably hate me i'll never get invited back uh i'll just say that there's a really good native food 
restaurant in that town. And um, they were having a conference full of native art curators from all over the world. And we had to give them a show. And we thought, we're going to kill, man. They love native stuff. We're going to kill. Um, <laughs> native art, they don't, like, they're so trained not to laugh about native stuff. And they hold everything so earnest and it's so endearing and it's so precious that none of them wanted to laugh as we were like on stage and Dallas is half naked and we're cracking jokes, you know, like everyone was like, you know, it was like, no one wanted to laugh. And it was so hard that we, and we would just go backstage like, what the fuck is happening, man? Like they did not want to laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the world you work in. (laughs) I know. I know. They don't want to laugh. They can't laugh. The truth is, is that the system that I work in, is so entangled in um, uh, like a preservation model, oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. that yeah. Um, they are not dealing with living culture, you know. Yeah. The, so, so they they cripple themselves by considering all of these things um, dead, and in doing so, maintain like a. a a sense of reverence out of like respect for said deadness you know and um that's where they fucked up it's like no these things aren't dead they're actually alive even the ones that you've had for like 300 years yeah they're not dead they're just starving you know they're hungry like and and uh yeah they don't have they haven't allotted themselves the capacity to to engage with it as something something that can change that has changed and um and the reason is is because of academia in relationship to it like they can't be experts if it's still alive and it's still changing you know you can't be an expert on something that's changing yeah you know you can only represent it to the to a certain moment um but but yeah and, and i think that's kind of the pervasive narrative that found its way into Hollywood as well, you know, as far as native people um, is that that we're, we were restricted to a historical context. You know, if we, if, if they ever wanted to kind of talk about us, the only model that they have any um, agency to describe our culture is through a historical lens because some academic expert somewhere, they can reference their, their research, you know, and yeah but don't you think also do you think a little bit of that is them having to rewrite their history because how fucked up they were (laughs) i mean like don't you think like it was like reframing who native people were just to make it fucking like like just to make it an easier pill to swallow i think i think it's less about who native people were and more about who white people were you know what i'm saying like like the um in the rewriting of the American history, it through Hollywood and through through Hollywood narratives, it's less of they didn't know shit about native people. You know what I'm saying? They they avoided native people until they had to. And then when they had to, the model was annihilation. You know, it wasn't let me get to know you, you know. Um, and uh, otherwise we would have had a completely different experience in this country, you know, if yeah. if the people came here with interest and consideration of it's amazing life. that they did it. Oh my God. Like, could you imagine going somewhere and just being like, ha, ha, ha. I want to take everything they have. I don't care that it's this beautiful culture that I've never seen. I want to take it all. 
and it's mine. Like, like, like just imagine the psychopaths that first got here. Like we think of them as like human beings, but like they weren't, they were fucking psych. They were fucking psychotic. The first I mean, show up. Oh, I'd see. And I don't even know if it's psychosis as much as it's trauma, you know, yeah. like that first wave yeah. of people coming here, you know, in, in mass, not like yeah. these small colonial groups, these small colonial groups also were fucking hurting. The reality is the most, most of the people who were on those ships were either indentured to, to some fucking corporation, you know, yeah. it, um, or political entity or like, yeah. what's the difference? Um, uh, and, and, or they were fucking asked to leave because there wasn't uh, room for their religious fucking experience in the country that they were. So immediately these folks had lost their relationship to place, you know, um, they didn't, it was, it, it wasn't, it wasn't that like sense of belonging was removed first. And if you remove a sense of belonging from a human being, from any living thing, um, you change the way it relates to the world. You change yeah. the way it relates to anything. And so coming to a new continent, um, fucking a, a, a boat trip back in those days, dude, they didn't get here fucking gung-ho ready to celebrate the fucking yeah. uh, enterprising efforts of the colony, of the country that they've, they've come from. Yeah. They got here fucking starving and sick you know what i'm saying and tired and yeah. uh looking for and like looking for i also think that's, that's kind of different from like a a exhibition or like a conquistador right like who's got this other mission which is gold you know or like or like or like riches right like so, so that's sort of the i think the richest thing is what it makes anyone sick you know and yeah. it's, another, it's a different level but similar where it's like but even still, the effort of making that trip, like, like we, hard, we focus, yeah. yeah, yeah, we focus on on what they had done once they got here. But you have to hold in context the effort that it took to get yeah. here, and that's the fucked up thing about American history is it doesn't acknowledge its suffering in that initial fucking journey, yeah. and so they feel entitled to all of this shit um, uh, because there's no acknowledgement of the sacrifice that was made, you know? Um, and I don't know. It's it's weird, it's weird to stand at, it was weird for you and I standing in Plymouth, right? Like <laughs> the other yeah. side of it, you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, from Plymouth. Like, Plymouth literally being the exit point for most colonial efforts for, from the um, British islands. You and know, you and I hated the four hour bus or uh, the four hour train ride to Plymouth from London. Like, could you imagine? Yeah the trip that it took to fucking ride boats what right yeah all the way across and then that first group right like they get here they're fucked up they probably had the the um most kind of like uh uh genuine interaction with indigenous people because they were they were they needed help yeah you know what i'm saying and more often than not our people are fucking generous people. And when we see people suffering, we will help them, you know? But the problem is, is that new waves came over every single time. It wasn't like indoctrined knowledge from the group who were there and respected that, that exchange. It was like an entirely new ship. group of people that were like, who you helped who? don't give a fuck. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah. And moreover, like the group you helped fucking killed everybody. Yeah, we hate them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like they're the diseases that were brought from that oh, initial yeah. thing. Like the second wave of colonialism showed up and there were less and less of us on those coastal regions because of sickness, you know? And so they arrive and they're like, oh, this place is void of population. This is wonderful, you know? And and they start carving out their space over and over and over again. And meanwhile, we recall and remember the the sickness that came with them and try to avoid them, you know? And like push back, push back, push back, give them a little bit of breathing room so we don't get fucking sick from them. Um, and simultaneously they make more and more stable fucking footing in this country, you know, you know, people were, I was talking to someone the other day, um, and I, and I just lately been thinking about this, but like, it's interesting to grow up in a rebellion, you know, like, I think that as indigenous people, we grow up in a state of rebellion because I didn't grow up hearing this land is your land or like like i didn't grow up hearing like life is you know these are i grew up knowing that my people were from another place and we were forced out of that place through war and marched to oklahoma like i, I grew up with that i grew up with stories of my great grandma talking about like how babies would get their heads smashed they're crying by soldiers and like to grow up in that you know that the place you're at and the government that you're living, you know, that you're with, that you're paying taxes to, like just knowing that you, that is the state in which you were born, it does something. And it's, and, and, and it wasn't like, I talked about it all the time, but I just am thinking about this like state of rebellion, maybe in reference to the show too, like these kids are rebels or whatever. And like, um, it's like, you grow up in that state. I love that state. Like there's something, um, I don't know, like maybe not romantic, but like, I like greasers. I don't like socius, you know, like, <laughs> like, uh, uh, I, like, I, I like the underdog, like, but I think it's because I grew up in that place of like, oh, we're, we're like in a rebellion and we still haven't finished it, you know? And so now we get to do these things in different facets, like, like storytelling or, or TV or art. And it's like, yeah, we're not like all out in battle anymore, but we, cause we can't be, but like, there are these other avenues in which we're trying to like fix these things and like change these things and like, and also save lives. I mean, honestly, like it, it sounds like too, too big, but it's like, you know, like I think about what it would have done to me to know that there was someone like Chinupa out there when I was a kid or know that there was a TV show about me when I was a kid. Like, I, I just wonder what that does to the psyche of children. And, you know, and I got a taste of it by traveling with the 1491s and seeing firsthand finally people getting to to see their humor on online i mean that was a beautiful thing like it was like right as the internet youtube was like happening we started making these native videos and they just got slowly slowly more popular and more popular and then like going to do the live shows thing and being able to like have people thank us and hug us and take pictures with their children like fucking gandhi or something like you know it was like amazing and i just like <laughs> that's you know, an as the world is falling apart, it feels like native people are finally do like like breaking through into in a lot of different avenues and and telling the truths of who we are. And that's a strange place to be, you know, like that's, again, another state of rebellion. 
totally, totally. But that's because we're acclimated to the world falling apart. Everybody else is losing yeah. their shit. And we have actually survived for a couple hundred years yeah. in the process of a world falling apart, yeah. you know? Um, so it's like, oh yeah, I know you're fucking scared, but guess what? We survived this. Like yeah. we just fucking somehow manage to like uh, fucking find the resilience, find the grit in ourselves to like move forward while everybody else is fucking falling apart and yeah. lo losing their mind because the privileges that they once had are being like yeah. slowly eroded away, you know? Yeah. And it's like, of course we're going to be in that position. <laughs> Because unfortunately, we're fucking used to it, you know, like, like, I'm sorry, the world is falling apart. I can guarantee you, it will find a sense of equilibrium. But in the meantime, the culture that you created, I don't know if it's going to be able to sustain uh, with the collapse of the of the infrastructure you built, you know, <laughs> that's it, right? I mean, that's it. And it's like, uh, you know, I, it's like, I don't know, like watching all of that happen. I don't know. It's like, how do you, the, the infrastructure is collapsing <laughs> and it's like, we're watching it in real time, you know? Um, and I think that part of it though, is that like this communal aspect of indigenous people that I'm speaking of is like, we survive, but some of us don't. And you have to look at it like that. You have to look at yeah. it like our community will survive our species will survive but some of us won't you know and that's yeah. how we've always dealt with this it's like yes yeah, some of us are gonna go but like we have to keep that thing that is us and keep moving yeah forward. well and darker than that is not some of us fucking most of us 90 percent of us with disease when they first got over here i mean like yeah and and that 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 I think is a really interesting aspect, especially when communicating to um, people who maintain culture, you know, culture bearers, but also like even us working in the, in, in the arts, like the arts primary function is to maintain culture, you know? And so now our population is so low that like, that's a, that's a, that's a big responsibility for, for each and every one of us, yeah. honestly, like, all of us yeah. to maintain that culture, you know, it's like, there's not really enough of us left to, um, to, and we haven't quite figured it out, but to undermine one another, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because the reality is we come from vast different cultures. Um, and each one of us is responsible to maintain that culture for the future. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, no matter how you do it, like whatever yeah. it is that you're doing, um is it, you're gonna be a considerable factor for the far future to consider what our culture is because whatever the fuck you're doing right now is going to be the thing that people are going to be referencing in the future because there's not enough of us you know yeah. there's not enough of us to do it so all of it's going to end up being relevant you know in some sort of a context you know no matter what it is fucking yeah. playing basketball uh fucking running politics art fucking doing fuck all you know what i'm saying like uh uh um fuck whatever drinking yourself to death like uh uh all of that all of it because there's so few of us are good are representations of what our culture will be into the future you know um so that's that's heavy that's a heavy fucking charge where you do know? you exist in that like personally like where do you 
how do you like personally navigate and, and feel your where you're at like what are you doing what is your contribution like do you feel that do you think about that do you, do you worry yeah. about it? yeah i do i do and off, more often than not i i beat myself up saying i'm not doing enough you yeah. know um uh i need to be doing more you know um but like mario Kart uh, too much and shit yeah yeah i wish i wish i could play some fucking mario kart dude like i i my boys would love for me to sit down and play video I games. I can't play video games at all, dude. I, I I don't even, I can't even get past, plug. like I bought a whole system during the pandemic. I was like, I'm going to get my kids into it. Maybe I'll get into it. Like I played like three times. My kids didn't care. They're kind of interested now, but like, I don't even know how to plug the thing in anymore. Like that's, yeah. how, that's how I don't connect with that shit. <laughs> well, for me, I just don't have, I don't have the time. Like, I don't either. I don't yeah, either. Yeah. But if I'm playing, and I'm like, I should be riding. Like, I, I know. should be like, exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Like there's been, a, there's been quite a few evenings in my life where I'm sitting there fucking playing, uh, I don't know, fucking some Batman game or whatever, some, some whatever. Uh, and, and I'm like, oh shit, I'm like three hours into this. I could have fucking been doing something else, you know? And I'm only doing it like super late at night. Like everybody else is asleep, you know? I'm like... Yeah what the fuck dude this is yeah. <laughs> i'm like i remember this space this space was like when i was a uh, 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 an early teen and i was like masturbating in secret you know yeah, like, yeah, yeah. i'm like i don't know if this is any different you know and yeah. then i start shaming myself i'm like you fucking go be productive productive it's hard <laughs> i mean it's hard to balance that though it's hard to balance that because like i even get that way with when i'm reading like I'll try to read a book. Like, what the fuck? I should be writing. Like this month I wrote a book. I should be writing. You know, like <laughs> fucking reading a book. Yeah. Um, Cause I have so much to write. Like I'm excited, man. It's like, um, I always wanted this. And now it's like, you know, Sydney Freeland and I talk about this a lot where we, where there was a long period where we said yes to everything because we had went so long without nothing. But now we're having to actually do all of those things we said yes to. And it's just like, you know, buried like up to here. Oh, and, I know. You know. It's crazy. I know that. You, didn't too. Know, you don't know like your income and you don't know like how you're going to make a living and you're looking up years ahead. It's like, and then all of a sudden you have a TV show and you wish that you would have said no to a couple of other things, you know? Um, yeah. But through this process, I have learned to say no. And I have learned, I mean, one thing that's freeing about this show is I always felt like, because everyone, everyone always kind of treated me like just an independent filmmaker. It's like, oh, you know, he's, there's, 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 there's filmmaking and there's what he's doing. And that's cool. Like, just keep doing that. You know, like, like, that's cool. Like, that's great for the culture. Sure. You know, meanwhile, <laughs> broke, you know, but like, I've hit this place of like, where people don't say that anymore. Like, you can't deny that the work I've done has reached a level now. Like, you just can't. Um, and so what that done is that has freed me up to not having to keep people in my life that aren't positive in my life. And Are I you think breaking up with me right now? Is that yeah, exactly. Going so on? Anyway, I'm just going to talk to you about this. No, but like, <laughs> but like that and the pandemic, I think made me go like, oh, like if it's not a positive, if it's not, if it's someone that I'm constantly like having to navigate and feel bad for like, like, it's just like, go, man, like you couldn't go. 
and I don't have to deal with you anymore. Like, like I don't have to deal with you anymore. Like I'm uh, like, just go. And it's like, I keep people like you and Ginger. They're like my close friends that I know, like, you know, you can tell when like, there's people watching out for your fucking spirit, you know, and that care about your spirit, you know, and then you can tell the people that aren't. And I think at a certain point you in life, you have to make those distinctions because it's only the only way to move forward in a healthy way is to not have that around you. Yeah. 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 That's it's, it's tricky. I, you know, especially, I don't know. I, I have a hard time with that. Even my problem is I trust people too much. You know um, I trust them first, you know, I'm okay, like, let me do that's my problem. Too. Well, Ginger and I figured this out by the way, the other day, um, Cause like we always talk about how similar she and I are. She and I is art. She and I are very similar. And, um, but then we were trying to schedule this thing and I was like, like I would drop the ball. Like, and like, she was trying to get like, okay, what time on Saturday are you available? Like, see, this is when I break down when people want the details. I was like, <laughs> we should, I should put you in touch with my assistant. And she was laughing about that. Um, and I was like, whoa, like I'm, equal parts you and Chinupa actually like I love that you and Chinupa came together to be one human and she was like oh my god you are <laughs> great we're gonna yeah. have a little sterling fight in, in EO or Seisha I'm oh sure. yeah I hope so, I hope so. <laughs> uh that's a trip um yeah dude I don't know it's 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 uh it's interesting navigating this space and this time um, yeah. with, with like, the other thing is like, as you, as you kind of like move up um, in the world and get a little bit more acclaim and shit like yeah. that, there is also added responsibility around oh, yeah. um, uh, something that mo like, let's say, let's say the Western kind of culture doesn't have to navigate. Like, I don't know how many times I've had a conversation with a, with a museum director or, or a curator or something like that, where I'm like, I have, I have a whole different set of responsibilities than like your, my white male counterparts, you yeah. know, like I end up being responsible to um, uh, a community that may or may not claim me you know, yeah. as like, you know, native people, like I've got my, I've got my direct immediate cultural ties and land-based ties and community like that. But then there's the bigger, there's the bigger. And I'm like, I'm, I, I mean, I live in New Mexico and we're so, my people are so different from the people here. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And there, there, there's no Pueblo here. There's no Navajo nation. There's no fucking Apaches that are going to claim me. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just, it just doesn't happen, but we become representatives of that much larger fucking yeah. whole, you know? And that is, um, that's a challenge for us yeah. navigating in this kind of like more larger popular culture kind of, kind of world, you know, yeah. because we think about that shit in the back of our head because we were raised that way, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> It's fucking flying, like really coming at me. Really, yeah, yeah. I think I caught it. Oh, I did. Oh, I caught it. It's in that. It's in that cup now. <laughs> oh, there's I, another I one. Caught one too. It's in here. Then there's another one. Oh shit! I caught that. Fucking <laughs> Miyagi. We had dinner the other day and like left the door open, so there's just like hundreds. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, like I think about that, but I think you think about that more than I do. I I, I think so, but I think it's also because I think it, I, I, and I have a theory on why. I think because the art practice in which you do is in the art world where it, you end up having to be an individual, and so I know that you've done a lot to try to spread that out. Even when you're doing individual work, it's like you'll bring the community and when you're shipping them clay and like, let's all do this together. But that's a, that's an effort that you have to do. You don't have to do that, but like, that's something that you personally do. So your practice is very singular. You know, it's a lot of times it's somebody in a basement, you know, like in, in a studio creating something <laughs> with their mind. Whereas yeah. mine, I have to do it with people. I have to have a writer's room so I can bring in, you know, there's three Navajo uh, writers. There's a Paiute. There's, you know, like, uh, and so there's like California, and then there's like California tribe. I forget which one. I'm sorry, Tony. <laughs> um, but um, then, uh, um, then it's like, you know, Kumaya. Is that what is? How do you say the fucking? T- how do you say that? Anyway. That's your writer's room, dude. I know. So anyway, but then there's like, you know, I've got Navajo directors, you know. So it's like, uh, and, I, and then on the crew, I've got all of these other artists or, or natives from different nations. I mean. You, I mean, you name it, you know. Yeah. It's like the melting pot crew of 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 uh, of, it, of of any of Hollywood, you know. And um, so it's like their voices get to kind of be a part of everything, and it becomes this community effort. And I just think that it's a little easier for me to feel like I have a hand in representing the bigger picture because it's so built into what I do storytelling and like also like bringing people from different tribes and to tell these stories helps me tell a broader and better story for that bigger picture you know so I think like that has something to do with it that you have to toil alone a lot of times right yeah yeah that's true I mean I definitely I definitely think that um you know as far as relevant art forms in the 21st century film is a um it is a accepted and understood effort of many you know um because like the reality is i don't ever do anything alone either you know the reason why i try to like amplify the the intersections of all of these different people is to kind of dispel the myth of an individual artist you know like but it is encouraging the world right i mean like there's a lot of artists that are like dive into that right like and accept it and and perpetuate it even more you know well dude it's a lot easier to cash a check for yourself like i'll tell you what you know um so yeah that's that's the that's the interesting thing but like even dealing with like economics right like a film brings in a lot more um economic value to the community that you're working with you know um i don't have that sort of resource working with with uh groups and community um and more often than not i'm i'm like the only thing i can spend is like fucking empathy dollars you know (laughs) like if you give a shit you know like that's that's how much that's how much i can pay you is like your care you know um but i'm i'm really intrigued with that because i think that's something you know in the 21st century that's something that i'm really interested in is like how do we build economies for our communities because our communities are suffering a lack of uh um fucking 
business, you know, some sort of, some sort of job generating stuff. I mean, honestly, just like, give me something to do that makes me feel like I am um, contributing to our, to our popular culture. And I, I mean, think that's probably the best thing that I feel like I was able to do with the show is the money that went into old Mulgee, like the Capella Creek Nation, Nation, like the money that went into just their local economy, but also all of the native crew that I, that was, I was able to help create. It's like, they weren't doing this before the show and now they're doing it. And now they're like in unions. Now they can go off and do whatever they want, you know, and like work on other shows and whatever uh, black horse and Tosma being, tv directors for the first time on this show and it's like that's a hard racket to get into but now they're in the union they're tv directors people are going to love their episodes and they're going to be able to break off and go and do all of these other tv shows if they want you know so it's just like breaking down that wall and dispelling the myth of like that this is like all they need is opportunity that's what i learned it's like all yeah. we need is opportunity all i needed was opportunity taika helped me have get that opportunity all they needed was opportunity and being able to have like income that generates through those communities and through individuals as well has been like the most i think rewarding thing about it all for sure yeah and that's before the show even fucking comes on the air yeah 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 and and you know in a way like that's my practice is the production you know like coming out that's why like press and 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 premieres are they're fine but it's like it's not what i'm like I, mine is production it's like it's like if we had a good time and a beautiful time and it was made with love and people got something out of that production then i'm like satisfied you know i mean like my brother's the locations guy my mom's an extra my dad's an extra you know it's like um my you know my other brother's shooting behind the scenes you know for fx yeah. and, uh it was just like bringing you know it's like uh everyone like you know just everyone that's from my films that have worked on these things like you know i had a day where it was all aunties showed up to be in a music video for the for the for the show you know and it's like um just being able to do that i think that was the biggest um reward for sure that's why i often wonder like how individual artists do that and then one of the ways that we have done that is like or in, or artists have done that is uh murals you know it's like every native community's got loves murals and there's always like a way to bring in youth or like other practitioners to help you in that mural you know and it's like um but like you can't just like keep painting murals as a way to like you know get people involved but like it's that mentality and i think that's why murals are so popular with indigenous artists and communities because it is a kind of group effort a lot of times, you know? Yeah. And the location that exists, that's the problem with my industry and the, and the world that I work in. Um, My audience more often than not is not the people who I care most about, you know? Um, So, so I'm like, I'm like kind of stuck doing that, you know, Um, which I'm like, you know what, we all need to do something. And so if my responsibility is to speak to that, to that, uh, face in that world, um, I'm a fucking white whisperer, you know what I'm saying? Like I can do that, you know, and not all of us can, you know, so like, do, do, I'll do my part where I can, you know? Um, and, but I think going back to like, just our population being what it is, um, all of those little efforts have substantial fucking ripple effect in it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you throw a stone in a fucking lake, 
And that's one thing, but you throw a stone in a pond and that's something else entirely, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, yeah, you that's can where see it, right. Yeah, you can see it clearer, you know, or that different. Yeah. And it, you, you, yeah, it, it, it affects, it affects yeah. because there's, there's enough. And I think that's, that's like, you know, getting dressed up, the entertainment aspect, like going to the premieres yeah. and things like that. Um, put on your fucking best, you know, oh, yeah. because the reality is um, you're dressing me up there too. You're yeah, dressing exactly. up my nephews totally. and my cousins. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. like that's, and that's like that subtle, weird kind of like For secret sure. thing that we always have to be aware of, you know? It's like, yeah, man. I mean, like I felt that when I was at uh, the Tribeca premiere and like having the cast there and we're all dressed up and I'm like looking at them and it's like, holy shit, they look like superstars effortlessly but they look like superstars and they just like put these clothes on and the lights were hitting them right and it's like oh there was no secret there was they just needed this opportunity to throw on some throw on some good wares and go in front of a red carpet take a photo and they just like crushed anyone like those photos of them to me are just like oh like that those are stars right there, you know? Yeah. And to be able to have native kids see that, see me like, you know, dressed up in my, of course, my black hat with a, with a, <laughs> uh, with a, uh, you know, a beaded hat band. Um, but just be able to do that, man. Like, like that was like really refreshing. And like, I felt good about that. You know, um, it's only that it's only personal anxieties, that that make me go like you know it's only like social personal anxieties in me that do that because once i'm doing it it's like oh like this is fucking amazing like like to be able to have this opportunity and so many people that didn't have this opportunity and i think of like my grandfather my grandma and people that are gone it's like what like their like their grandson gets to do this on this level like like you know there's no way that there's no way that there isn't some sort of afterlife or where spirits go, whether it be the Milky Way or something. Cause it's like, I can feel that history of me and, you know, whether, and, and maybe it's just something that's in me cause they're a part of me, but like, there's no way something so significant isn't going to be seen by the people that have already left here to be able to like, like, to be able to see the shift that I feel is happening. And even though that shift in the bigger scale is probably really small, what my show's doing, but it feels really big to me, you know, and it feels yeah. really big to people involved. And just to have that opportunity, it's like, man, like, what else do I need to do? You know, like, like, like whatever I do after this, cool. It's going to be great. But this was the thing for sure. That like, yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Well, and I think that's probably a good way to, to, to navigate through it. Um, yeah, it is, it is challenging, right? Like not, um, not allowing all of that to go to your head because it yeah. is reinforced in the, in the system, that infrastructure that's falling apart is yeah. to like build on, on rugged individualism, you know? Oh yeah, and sure. So it's like, especially in, in the United States, like, yeah. <laughs> It's always been easy, though, and I think it's easier for Native people to navigate that because we are so held accountable by so much of a so, so big of a community, you know, like wh whether it's your family or whatever. Um, not to say we don't have bad eggs. We definitely do. But like 
uh, I can only speak for me. And it's like, I have all of my family that are here and gone. I feel like behind me. And if you know that there's even a, there's even a, um, I won't give anything away, but there's a, there's a moment where a woman is telling, um, let's say, let's say a, uh, one of our mythological sort of beings is telling a young man to, as he goes, like always just picture that your grandma's there mm. and you picture your grandma's there with you and you'll, you'll be fine. You'll be good. <laughs> and I think that's true. It's like, we have, like, I, I, I do picture that. Like they're always there. Like they're always there in my brain. And it's like, I have to, I have to face what I'm facing that right now with the press and with all of that. Like I have to do it knowing that they're with me and also that I'm being held accountable for what I'm saying and like uh, what I'm doing. Sometimes that means being very subversive though. Like sometimes that means not being the good little Indian boy that the press wants to like, Oh, like you're, you know, like sometimes it's like, no man, like this fucking place has been horseshit to my people and this industry has been horseshit and I'm going to fucking shake it up and I'm going to talk about it, you know? So like, it's not saying like I have to be good all the time, but it's like, just know that they're with me, you know? And it's like, there's an accountability to that. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, you're stepping on something that I think is one, like through generations, we learned these different kind of protocols around what good and bad is, yeah, you yeah. know? Um, so we have to like fucking go through all of that and, and, uh, uh, kind of rectify the, the trauma of, yeah. of oh, yeah. puritanical fucking Catholic, like whatever, whatever culture, spirituality has like imposed these like moral values, you know? And it's like, you know, the most moral thing I can be is honest, you know, like, like yeah, really, true. you know, that's true, man. I can have some dark fucking thoughts. And as long as I'm keeping them secret, that's the worst thing I can do. Yeah. You know, yeah. like if you're honest with it, like, that's why you got to go to therapy. That's why you got to go to therapy, man. <laughs> safe space of just, Let's tell you everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, and then we we have the added benefit of of this relationship to community and culture and people and fuck just relatives. Like I don't know how many times my cousins or fucking brothers and sisters, parents, uncles have kept me humble. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Where it's just yeah. like <laughs> big deal, dude. Fucking yeah. big deal. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. Oh, you big <laughs> motherfucker, aren't you? Like, <laughs> I know, like, like people in my hometown, like all my friends from my hometown, they always call me Hollywood, like Hollywood or like Hollywood Harjo. And it's just like, it's not like a lift me up. It's not to lift me up. It's to give me a little shit. Just be like, motherfucker, you remember where you're from? You know? Yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. Totally. You know? yeah. Totally. I literally totally. live like an hour and a half away from them too. Like, you know, like I, I didn't leave and go to Hollywood, but like, I still get that. Hollywood. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think that that's, that's important because that does maintain that accountability. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and I think there's a lot, I mean, one, you're, you're amplifying indigenous humor and so much indigenous humor is embedded in that, you know, it's embedded in um, keeping people yeah. humble and shit. Yeah. 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 Totally. Because one, if you're living in a community that's small enough where everybody knows everybody, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like you you don't get to pretend, you know what I'm saying? There is somebody who's going to call you on that shit. And in doing so, you maintain harmony in the, in the community and the group, really? you know? 
you know, one of my things that I always think about, because because it, it's hard to really describe native humor, because there's a lot of different facets to it. Um, like, I think there's a bit of English humor is similar to uh, uh, native humor, but then there's other like Jewish humor. There's different humors that I think are very similar. Um, but it's really complex and it's hard to explain. And I think that this show, honestly, uh, captures it so well and better than I've ever done it before. You know, and like, it's just the right, that's the right budget. It's the right tone. It's the right story and it captures it. And, um, but one of the things that like, I remember watching the English office with my cousin and on the fucking floor, dude, just like <laughs> crying. So I, I was like, this, and like, and like and my cousin, I've never laughed harder than I've laughed with my cousin in my whole life with anyone. He and I hit this other frequency of laughter that goes to the spirit world. It's just like, we're crying. We're not, we can't quit. We'll laugh at each other's laugh. Like it just goes to another place. And so we're watching the English office together and we're dying, man. And I was like thinking about, it, I was like, man, like there's a bit of Indian humor in this and that like David Brent, the lead guy, or the lead character, uh, it's con we're constantly watching him really go out on a limb and just fucking fail. The limb breaks and he fails and we're all there watching him. Crucify, you know? and it's like, there's something very native about that. Like there's nothing more funny than like one of your friends or a native, like really going, really going for it, whatever it is. I don't know. Like, like hitting on a lover, whatever, you know, like, 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 like trying to hit on someone and get a date, whatever it is. Like, I don't know. Uh, bragging on themselves and watching them fucking fall hard in front of you and you just got to help lift them up and it's so funny like there's something in that space that's really funny as well there's also something in the silences and what's not said mm -hmm. like, like we don't say the joke there's no punchline like there's something really it's just awkward like uncomfortable you know that's something really funny about that but also teasing like teasing is the other big element and it's just like that is there's that that aspect of keeping you humble, you know, like, uh, and there's something it, really funny in that space. Totally. It's the, it's the, um, it's hubris, right? Like, like any, any effort to like push yourself above and beyond everything else. Yeah. Um, yeah that's that's what, right. It's the individual breaking out going, I'm yeah, yeah. all of you and then they fail. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And then you're not laughing for, just people you're 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 the punchline is our entire existence is a way for the world to look at itself you know what i'm saying so when the individual fails so tragically you know in the in the wake of that you get to laugh for the planet earth you know what i'm saying and you're like this is a joke that fucking magpies would get you know what i'm saying like, <laughs> This yeah, is the man. river laughing at you, you know? <laughs> that's why I'm slipping on a banana peel. So, you know, that's so universal, you know? It's like a monkey's laugh at that shit, you know? Like, totally, totally. A slip, a folly, anything like that. And I think that there was something reparative in that as well. Like um, to have that initial blast of humor um, at my failings in my life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's like survival me. of the fittest and shit too, right? Like there's the evolutionary aspects of that. 
Totally. And, and like my, even my own like psychological welfare, like if nobody laughed at my failings, I would be doomed to replay that in my head for the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? But to have my entire community point a finger and fucking laugh at you for doing it. It's like, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to have like one immediate explosion of my folly rather than a lifetime of me questioning whether or not you know what i'm saying like trusting myself or like yeah thank you so much for allowing me to move through that instant because i would have just held on to it inside of me (laughs) well i think that that's why redemption is big in our communities right like um i think redemption and that's something that's really big in indigenous communities like you know like i've always i've always noticed like at ceremony or something um the lack of judgment on a person once they enter there you know it's like you're you're entering a space whatever you did this year you know like whatever fucked up thing you did this year however you fucked up like you're you're now washed clean of that and you are entering this space and you get another chance and we're going to be open to that and I think that in our modern society, we don't have that as much. Like we don't, we don't do that as much. And there's something like, there's something that keeps the community healthy by having those chances and that redemptive quality. You know, it keeps the whole community as a whole healthy, I believe. Yeah. Well, and the experience that people have in those, in those sacred spaces, like it's no longer the community's purpose to keep them humble the experience that they're going through is going to humble them. You yeah. know what I'm saying? In one way or another. And if you make it through or you don't, suddenly you're just like, um, well, the universe said that they're okay. You know, yeah. you made it out the other side. Now exactly. I don't have any, I don't have any shit talking to say because you and creation yeah. had a yeah. conversation. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Yeah, you came to creation and you know, and that can strike you dead, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and 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 you made it. I, I, there's nothing I can say to you, right? Totally, totally. Yeah. And, but if you don't make it, we're like, well, yeah, you, we know yeah. why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, did he get sick and die? Ah, well, you know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's going to be a joke in about two weeks. Like, yeah, exactly. your death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll be, punchline we'll on be it. joking about that for a while. <laughs> and pretty quick, too. Like, yeah, that's okay. the fucked up part. Yeah. Before they they scrape you off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The, uh, so I think that once this show comes out, I'll have a very different perspective on everything. And I think that you and I should do a follow-up again, but a late night one where, yeah. Yeah. Cause the late night ones are, are special. Like, like, uh, (laughs) this is great, but I feel like this is like us on coffee and stimulants. Yeah. Really smart things, but I want to get, uh, I want to have a whiskey and talk to you. Cool. Well, brother, another good one in the back. Nice talking to you. Talking to you too. Uh, tell Ginger I said hi and let's talk again soon. All right. Definitely. All right. Take care, man. Good luck. Break those legs. (laughs) 